Hello and welcome to the Back Four Football Podcast. This show focuses on our four supported clubs as well as results and news from all around the Premier League. Where better to start than Patrick Bamfordinho? Kurt. What a weekend, eh? What a night. Well, um, I think I read after the game he scored more goals than any club did this weekend. (laughs) It was was a brilliant performance from him. But it wasn't just, I don't think it was just Bamford, really. There was quite a few unsung heroes over over that Friday night. I think we just nullified Jack Grealish. Um, And you've got to think we did, we, we was coming into this with... Uh, with our centre back and captain out, <clears throat> with Calvin Phillips out as well, and uh, and and Villa were coming into it with a with a hundred percent record uh, for this season. I think it stretched like eight games if you go back into last season as well. Um, like I think Cant- I read uh, Bamford's the first player to score six in six in the opening games um, since Cantona did for us. <laughs> that's that's how far back these records stretch. Like, what? Was, I'm still excited. It's what Wednesday morning. What a game! What were what were your thoughts on it then, guys? Anybody else watch it or? Yeah, I did actually. Um, yeah, I thought I just thought you you know you played brilliant stuff, and I think it's the probably the first time where you've in at least this season you've played really well and like you've managed to get the end product as well. Do you know what I mean? There's been sort of moments in games where, I don't know, you've, you've maybe not just done the final ball or, you know, played against the bigger teams and, you know, not been able to sort of, um, you know, Show keep... full potential. Yeah, exactly. I just think that game, it was a coming together of everything. And like you said, you had players out as well, but I thought, you know, the football that you're playing at the minute, is just, it's really entertaining to watch as a neutral. And I keep getting, um, you know, my mates keep saying, oh, you're a Leeds fan, you're a Leeds fan. It's like, well, I'm not. But, you know, when you're watching a team play this kind of football, what's not to love about it? You want to watch good attacking football, right? And, like, the players just, they work so hard as well. And even when they haven't got the ball, they're in the positions and they press. And they just do not let you breathe. And it's like, what's not to like about watching that? So, um I think I saw Sky has put something out as well, like since that game. So probably yeah, yeah, yesterday. So uh, I think they put like our leads becoming the uh, Premier League sort of second team. And I mean, for me, as long as I keep playing like this and uh, you know just forget about the West Ham game because obviously I'll know where my loyalties lie there. But um, yeah, they're great to watch and uh, long may it continue. I think whilst they're you know first season up and they're going to be the underdogs for a lot of games, why why not ride the wave and you know, see him do well. Yeah, it just makes me think, like, how how bored was all of you guys? Like, we've got, what, West Ham, Chelsea and a Man U fan. Like, how, how bored were you guys over the last 16 years without us in the Premier League? Must have been dreadful for you. <laughs> it must have been dreadful. We missed you. We missed you. <laughs> I quite enjoyed it, mate, to be honest, because my mate is uh, confined to the Championship for 16 years and he was probably about seven or eight years old when you were in the Champions League that year. So uh, he's he's been a bit uh, quiet for for. A, quite a few years now so um for all his life by the sound of it exactly so uh yeah he's he's living the life now i think he's just again like so riding the wave he's just buzzing so uh i think i think you'd be fine this year anyway so yeah i, I mean I, I think all over the pitch like especially this week like we did absolutely brilliant 
Like, um, I think the the signings that we made that are actually starting now are coming into their own. Like Rodrigo Moreno, he was involved in everything going forward all the way through the game, I reckon. Um, there was the switch that Bielsa made early um, for for Stroik after that yellow card and then a few more rash challenges. And I think that, that was maybe the turning point because... Um, I, I just I think that Jamie Shackleton had um, had McGinn in his in his back pocket for for most of the game. Like he didn't give him any time on the ball. He couldn't keep up with him. Like he was hassling him, hustling him all the way through the game. And like you got to remember that McGinn's Scotland international. He's got he's got more than twenty odd caps. Like his experience, he should be able to handle a a little twenty one year old um, just in the middle of the pitch with not regular first team football. <clears throat> but as I, as I say, like Aileen, um Aileen filled in for Cooper, normally our right back. Um, I say right back, he's more of a wing back. He's box to box up and down, getting assists. Um, and he was he was rock solid. Like, it wasn't the first time we've seen him play in that centre back role. Um, if you've watched Leeds for any any period of time, you'd you'd have seen him play in a centre back role last season at some point. But like he, he just owned it on Friday. He was absolutely brilliant. And uh, when uh, when Shacks came on, I think it was Click that dropped into that um, that central defensive mid. And it, it it just it just spun the game around, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, guys, um, when Leeds first came up, like everybody else, I'd say I'd miss them. Um, I can certainly say that's wore off now. Um, they're just now back to being a rival. <laughs> um, but you know, at the same time, though, I mean, I've got I've got massive respect for them. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, what what we're seeing from Leeds and Kurt will definitely back me up on this one. So I. I because of I watched Leeds from last season, um, and to be honest, the season before, um, this is literally just a continuation of what they were doing, or um, even in the championship, they were playing exactly the same brand of football, um, you know. And it's also, it's also proof, you know, um, that if you do have a manager, you know, has a great setup and stuff, you know, what they can do. Um, I remember when when Bielsa first came in, Kurt was obviously um, was basically advised by how many. Um, I mean, a new players he brought in, I think it was only minimal, like only a couple of players in his first season. And he still managed to got them, got them playing exactly the same brand of football as what they're playing now. Um, so I knew they, I, I knew they'd do well in the Premier League. I thought it's more suited to the Premier League. And once you actually, you know, you do come up, you know, and, and you know, you get the confidence, what's happening. You can see it from Bamford now. Um, players with confidence, you know, um, all of a sudden, you know, you, they look like new, different players. Bamford wasn't even scoring as, as much goals in the championship as he's doing now. Um, but you've got to give the credit where it's due. You know, um, those finishes that he, against um, against Aston Villa in particular, you know, um, I tried my best. I won't even lie to see, look at the bad side. I thought the second goal, I, was, I thought, yeah, that's a bit of a deflection. Um, I'm not sure if he was even going for the right side. I think he was going for, um, so the keeper's left, but um, he's right. Um, but the last goal, is, um, there's just no way of um, playing that one down. That was just um, that was a brilliant goal. It really was. Um, yeah, those, those tango uh, tango lessons were playing off, weren't they? Oh yeah, it's just, <laughs> it just a fantastic goal. I found myself just clapping like you know that is brilliant. Um, you just cannot um, play that down. So like you said, Aaron, you know what I mean? Like they've been putting parts in probably in all the games that they've played. You know what I mean? But this was the one where you know they played really well, played the team off the park. Um, and you know, scored the goals and got the three points, and that, and you know, yeah, no matter. Look, I think most people expect Aston Villa to drop off, and you know, 
as the league season goes on, they're going to drop that t- down towards the league. But they were still going into that game in fantastic form. You know, played some good teams in that time as well. Um, you know, form which obviously we continued from over from last season. So it was just a brilliant game from Leeds all, 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 all around. You know, and you know, um, good luck to them. You know, I, I predicted when they came up, I thought to me. Um, I feel Leeds will be, um, I don't think they'll be a Sheffield United, um, I don't think so. I think they're going to be basically, um, I think they're going to be Wolves. I think, I think players at the moment will look at Leeds as well. Um, you know, they're still up and coming um, and even not, and still not really much expected of them, even from their own fans, everyone's just riding the wave at the moment. So I think they'll be able to you know, get a few more players in as time goes on as well. Um, yeah, again, obviously, fans waste. It's good to see. Let, let them um, have their minute of fame. Um, but yeah, as I said, they've now definitely gone back to being a rival. I can see they're going to be a bit of a threat in the league. So um, I'm on the other side now. I, I won't be celebrating every time they drop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Leeds United just to see Leon's reaction. Oh, yeah. I, I told you, I mean, luckily for us at the moment, the game's a little bit away. Um, had we have played them, maybe even now, but that certainly, obviously, um, a few weeks back, I would I, I won't even lie, I'd have been scared because obviously they're going into games, obviously, you know, confident. Um, you know, everyone knows their job, you know, they're passing the ball around well, they've got a good system, you know, and um, obviously, we were going into games, obviously, no pre season, and and you know, there's so much pressure, especially going into into our games. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's yeah, it's probably worked out well for us. Obviously, by the time we're playing Leeds, hopefully by then we would have picked up a bit of form. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really weird for me to say, but at least that way we, I know we'll definitely compete. Um, and obviously, you know, you, know, you, you would favour us to win, but you know, what I mean, at the same time, you just don't know. It's a local game, so it's always going to be a highly charged game, regardless if there's no fans there or not. You know, you know, the, um, the players will know. You know, you've got players like Oli at our club. These um, have been so close to the Leeds United fans. You'll know exactly what that means to both sets of fans. So it should be two good games, you know, um, whenever it comes up. I'm not even sure where, where it is in the calendar, but I know it's, I think it's towards, um, it's towards Christmas. Is that right? Yeah, yeah December. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I reckon someone needs to needs to get that praise over to uh, to Gabby or Bonlahor, to be fair. Has he deactivated it yet? No, not that I've seen. I was Ooh. checking yesterday. I, was, oh, I, I mean, you don't come out and say stuff like that unless you're going to do it, right? Absolute gobshite. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually sure why he's obviously so anti-Leeds as well. I'm not sure what that was all about, you know what I mean? Because like um, you said, um, Aaron, you know, um, Leeds are, um, at the moment, a lot of people's second team to watch. Purely because obviously the fact obviously the big club they've been gone for a long time they're now back up and it's just this lovely free flowing football that they're playing and, you know I just, again it's, so it's massive credit to them you know uh, it's massive credit to them so we'll see how it goes I, I, it's a long I think season. he's just got his, his Sky Sports deal, hasn't he? And he's he's trying to big himself up, get a few more <laughs> followers. Like he's but not allowed to love us, so he has to hate us. It's a simple. He's not idea. the only person at the moment. You know you've got um, is it Troy Dean? You know now he's on um talk sport, You know he he's throwing all sorts of things. Sometimes these guys just do this stuff to, to get themselves, and obviously in the media, and obviously everyone get their attention, but it's just massively backfired on uh, on Gabby, you know what I mean? They've not got beat, they've got, they've got well beaten at home, um, and obviously no goals scored, and yeah, and, and it's not even just the goals, it's the, the calibre of the goals as well. There were three brilliant goals. He's like, <laughs> he just couldn't write the story at all. Um, 
I went into this season and I'm I'm going to stick with it because um, if I say even though I don't think obviously um, I don't want to put a down on this obviously because if it continues it continues but even though I don't think obviously Leeds themselves would have obviously turned into Sheffield I don't want to keep keeping that Sheffield but obviously it's one of those teams where they have a great first season and then it probably drops off the next season I'm I'm still not convinced about Bamford I've watched this guy now for a long enough time what I'm seeing right now I've just not seen before he's riding the wave he's he's, he's got confidence. Um, but obviously, at some point, he's going to go through that drought like every single striker goes through. And I'm not sure if he's going to be able to come back to the level that we're seeing right now. But, you know, if he proves me wrong, um, he's English anyway. So, I'm, you know, it's, there'll be a benefit somewhere for me to celebrate for, you know what I mean? So, it's not that bad. Well, I watched, like, you know, like I said, my mate's a Leeds fan. So, you know, I've seen not, you know, every game, but there was quite a number of games we watched so sort of over the last sort of two or three years. And... Bamford, like every time he'd get the ball in front of guard, I'd think, oh no, like thinking I'd, I'd sort of sink for him because exactly. he's, he's a, he was a great target man. He, you know, play the ball up, get it down, he'd bring people into play. But when you're, you know, a striker, you need to be getting goals. And I just could not see goals in him, even in the championship. Like he'd get a few, of yeah. course, but, you know, for me, he looked like a championship player. So when yeah. he started playing in the Prem, I was a bit surprised. You know, he brought that Rodrigo in who. I thought was, you know, originally a striker, but he's, he's sort of playing, you know, just in behind or sort of out wide. And he's just, Bamford's just a different player. It's, it's like them them goals he scored, like you said, little, the first one was good. All right, it maybe had a little bit too much time and you said it, it might have nicked a deflection. All right, the second one that he literally, like you said, you can't find fault with it. He had like no space. He had three defenders all around him. Yeah. He took these two little death touches, no yeah. run up. Keeper, I don't think even moved. It was just mm. a brilliant goal, like you say. Oh. And, you know, that's hopefully, well, for, from a Leeds fan and from his perspective, hopefully that's going to propel him now because he's he's looked pretty good so far. So, like you said, um, Kurt, six in, in six, I think you said. And then them goals were just, you know, quality. So, quality goals. I, I'm, I'm, I'm buying in now. I'm buying into it. I think, you know, I, you know, it's a lot, obviously, to do with what's going on sort of on the training ground and with Bielsa and stuff, but he looks like a completely different player. He really yeah, does. We've, we've been we've been waiting for a performance like that for from Bamford since since he joined, to be honest. Like you say, been he he was the bane of my life in the in in the championship. Like we'd create so many chances and like like especially last season it was it was a case of you'd be disappointed if you dropped points at any stage during the season last year. Just for the simple fact that we knew that we had to get in the top two and the amount of chances that we created and created for Bamford as well that he just wasn't putting away I was shocked how Bielsa stuck with him and the amount of belief that the confidence that Bielsa had in him and when he started this season after we'd been out and spent nearly 100 mil and uh, well as you just said as as Rodrigo wasn't starting he was starting Bamford ahead of him I think that that was always going to be the case because of the the belief that Bam, that, uh, that Bielsa's had in him I'd never envisaged this sort of form. Not a chance. Like, and I think his last hat trick that he scored was for Middlesbrough against Leeds. So it, it just goes to show how long we've, we've been waiting for a performance like that out of him. And hats off to him. Like, long may it continue. Yeah, I, just again, I just got to touch on him. Mean, like you were saying, obviously, Rodrigo. Um, Rodrigo does play up front. He plays up front for Spain. Um, and I'm pretty sure, I think it's for Sevilla he came for. I think he was, he was playing up front there. You literally just can't drop Bamford out of the team. Um, so basically, at the moment, 
they're having to obviously accommodate obviously Bamford. He can't come out of the team, and the manager has shown great faith in him. He obviously sees something in the training ground. It's not just is that on, on form because like he was picking him last season, but you know this was shown from the very first game. Um, you know he gave Van Dijk an absolute nightmare. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Now this is the guy we'd known as the best defender in the league, and on that first game at Anfield, Bamford, he, um, well Van Dijk just couldn't live with him. Isn't that right? He couldn't live with him at all, and it's just carried on from there. He scores in he scored in that game as well, but it wasn't just the goal. He was literally giving Van Dijk a nightmare in that game. And I was just thinking, well, what, what's this? I've not seen this before. Um, so you know, it, it's not just it's been every, it's been every game. He's been playing well. He's getting into good positions. Um, he still missed a few chances, like every striker as well. Um, but yeah, um, good on him anyway. As I said, you know, because you know, I, I know I know the were fans, including Leeds fans. You know, obviously I'm not a Leeds fan, but he on his back, and I just did not see this at all. Um, but you know, when I'm seeing guys scoring goals like what I saw the other night, you know. Sometimes, as I said, you can get guys, you know, and hit them. You know, you know, you don't need to put on the ball because that, you know, just just strike it from everywhere. But that third goal, um, that's about confidence, you know, and and that was brilliant to see that. You know, so yeah, um, that's my take on Leeds at the moment. I might be getting ahead of myself, but um, didn't Southgate come out and say that he is he's really only looking at young players who are in form at the minute? Do you think he should be taking a look at Bamford? I think he will be anyway. He will be taking a look at Bamford. He's already proved that he's looking at um, you know, players. I spoke about that. I think that in was it week week one or week two where I've said you know it's what I like about um, Gav Sarke. You know he he's not afraid to obviously to, you know um, to go away from you know, the status quo, but where we always go for the players who play for don't take you know, the traditional big clubs. You know the top sixes and stuff like that. He's picking guys like that. You know Calvin Phillips. Um, I was I was convinced from them. From last season, if he if he could replicate what he was doing in the championship and do it in the Premier League, then he would go to the um, to the Euros, and I'm sticking with that. Um, obviously, it, it, we'll see how, where it goes with obviously with Bamford, but I do think um, Bamford's definitely got um, got a chance of playing for England. Yeah, I think um, the manager will be looking at him. Moving on then to my team, West Ham. Good result again on the weekend. I was happy with that. Um, you know, I said before the game, if we can nick a point big result move on to the next one and we did exactly that um I actually missed the game live because I I went down to a local FA Cup game and watched that whilst I've still got the chance so uh, I watched the repeat on um on the next morning but um I thought we played well again I think it was very much what I'd expect City had a lot of the ball um but we looked well organized um you know defended quite well which was good to see but we looked dangerous on the break you know we had sort of a a few opportunities where we'd hit them and we we looked dangerous, like Bowen on the right, taking taking on you know their defenders and and Antonio just again chucking himself about and the goal he scored, I thought it was a great goal to be honest. I mean, keepers probably should have done a little bit better, but you know back to goal strength and he's just done a little sort of overhead kick. I'll take that. Yeah, I think you should. Um, no. <laughs> I don't know what it is about this season. It's um, I, I keep I call it um a crazy season, but you know, one thing what's coming out of it, there are some teams which you know you know um, which I'm enjoying. West Ham are one of them. Um, and funny enough, a bit like Aston Villa, um, you know, the the form that you're seeing from West Ham, this is carried over from last season. Maybe it's because of the obviously the short break between the two seasons. I'm, I'm not sure what, what it is. I can't put my finger on it right now. But you know, this is carried through Antonio at the moment. You know, there are so many strikers which are just obviously coming to the fore. I mean, but he's one of them. 
Obviously, he's not got as much goals as some of the other, others, but you know, I bet you in the game there isn't anybody else that you know that will play any um, better than him in terms. Of, he must be a really hard guy to play against. The way I watch him at the moment, he just he's full of confidence. He's running at people. You know, his strength is brilliant. Um, you know, I, did he not go off in that game against Man City? I thought he went off. Yeah, he's got a knock, and um, I'm not sure when he's going to be yeah. back. I'm hoping it, it's not, not too long term. It would be a massive loss if you haven't got him for the next game because I mean obviously we'll we'll obviously we'll talk in the next game. But I know Liverpool, I mean, they're, they're dropping players like fly, flies. I think last night Fabinho went off injured in the Champions League as well. So, you know, um I fancy I, I, obviously we're not doing obviously talking about that game, but I do fancy West Ham again in that game to get something as well. Um so I wasn't surprised they got something against Man City. It's exactly what I've called, you know, you you know. Stay in the game and you've got a chance of winning. And obviously, they didn't win the game, but they still got something out of it. Um, you know, and you know, the, the players are unit. David Boys, sorry, David Boys, David Moyes has got them playing as a unit. Um, it's not just back to the walls, like you said, they are they are definitely um, a threat as well when they, when they do attack. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll obviously we'll see. It could be some good days at, um, for West Ham, maybe do something well in the cup or something like that. Um, because they're definitely a hard team to play against. You know, they remind me of um. Traditional like um, like Southampton. Southampton have always been a tricky team to play against. Obviously, not not one much, but they've always been a tricky team to play against. And I think West Ham are that. I think you're benefiting as well, probably for not having no fans. So especially games like um, like Man City, where you haven't got any um, possession, there's no fans to get on the West Ham players back. They can just do their jobs, um, and then just you know, obviously um, obviously get get something out of the games because that's what they've been doing for every game at the moment. Yeah, so. I feel like you insulted us twice, Leon, in that last 30 seconds, comparing <laughs> us to Southampton and saying our fans players off. Cheers, mate. Appreciate that. I've got, no, it's, uh, obviously, Southampton's obviously not one of those teams that, you know, everyone talks about, but, you know, they're a difficult, difficult team, you know, um, to play against. Um, and some good players have come from Southampton. I've just mentioned Van Dykes, you know, um, Sadio Mane. You know, you, just, you look at Liverpool's um, squad, you know, a lot of them have come from Southampton. Um, so, you know, um, yeah, and obviously I, 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 I rate Southampton as a, um, as a good team. They produce some good players. Um, obviously, they're not one of the big names, but they're always, they're always um, not always, but they're usually towards the top half of the table. So they're not, they're not a bad team. They're a difficult team to play against anyway. He's been uh, complimentary to Leeds there. I think he's going to be bitter for the rest of the day, Aaron, mate. Don't yeah, take it no, personally. He's got to wait up now, hasn't he? So, uh, I, I guess the more positive is towards the beginning, the more negative it will be towards the end. And we'll save United till last because we know he wants to have a little bit of a rant as he always does. Yeah, <laughs> I think wait. before we get on to there though, like you have to, you have to say like the it's testament to how you guys were playing uh, at the weekend, Aaron. Like um, they had to, they had to bring Aguero off <clears throat> to change the game. Um, yeah. Like I'd, by all, by no stretch of the imagination, I don't think Aguero's come back from this injury as. The player that he was before, um, but the fact that uh, like your your defense has basically nullified him and he's and he's not really been in in the in the game in that first half, and he's had to had to go back to his uh, tactical changes to bring Phil Foden on to actually get something out of the game, and then it was it was pretty plain sailing from there. I think the only difference between between your game and and what we did to City was the fact that you you actually managed to go one in front, and uh, and I think it could have been more as well towards the back end of the game. It could have been. Um, I, I, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that uh, um, I don't. I thought West Ham could have had a penalty in that game as well. Um, I'm pretty, I thought that was a foul. I think it was getting on Antonio. 
Um, so yeah, as I said, obviously you, you thought maybe our disrespect is a little bit compared to Southampton, but no, I think I think West Ham are doing really well uh, at the moment, um, and they are probably the, um, in terms of um, the not so traditional big clubs. They're probably the most difficult club outside of it at the moment to play at the moment, especially on the form. You know, they've been consistent, um, apart from the first game that you've lost. Um, you know, you've gone away to, um, to Spurs, got something against Man City. And if you can get anything out of the Liverpool game, which I think they will, um, you can't ask for any more than that, can you really? No, no. Again, you know, like like I said the last sort of few uh, times on here is you know I wasn't really expecting much from this first sort of seven games and the fact that we've picked up so many points it's just you know uh, I, I guess not just relief but also encouraging because you know when we go in after the Liverpool game we've got Fulham and I think then we have a you know a more favourable sort of run of fixtures so I just hope that we can keep this level of performance going because I guess what we seem to do in recent years is we always seem to play well against the the better teams and we give them a game and we maybe nick a result. And then when we come play teams who we either should be beating or, you know, a similar level, we struggle. So I hope we don't see that after such a good run. And also got hope Antonio's not out for long because um, I don't know whether he's going to be available for Liverpool. Um, I'm not sure sort of how long he's out for at this stage, but he'd be a massive loss because um, we'll obviously have to change um, sort of the way we're playing because we're going to have Hilaire in who's, Still a, he's still a strong target man and he's done well in, in the cup games this year, albeit against lower sides. But, you know, Premier League last year, he was poor. He's not living up to to the price tag that we paid for him. And, you know, whether we um, have to change four nows out as well and, and maybe play Ben Rama, Ben Rama might get a game. Um, I'm not sure, but obviously making changes to a team that's doing well when you're going in against the champions, it's not it's not really what you want to do. So, uh yeah, again, if we can if we can get a point in that game again, I'd be very happy, and then we could take it into Fulham and and hopefully then um, have um, more expectation in actually winning games rather than just trying to pick up points against the big boys. But um, I also want to call out as well that uh, our right back Sufal, he he looks really good. You know, we've got him for for dirt cheap from Slavia Prague, and um, he put in a fantastic ball for for Antonio's goal, and he just he seems to just really work hard and he's aggressive as well. So. He can sort of get forward and, and when he needs to, and, and he's good defensively as well. So, um, again, we're only a few games in, but he's looking like a really good signing. And, you know, for someone who we got really late on and, and for, you know, peanuts in comparison to, you know, the, the tens of millions that Premier League clubs splash about at the minute, he's looking really good. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm encouraged by him as well. Um, and David Moyes, I'm, I'm sort of, I was having a conversation with Dad yesterday and I said, have you bought into Moyes yet? And he's still, he's still not a Moyes fan. And I wouldn't say I'm a Moyes fan because I think, you know, we sacked him for a reason the first time, um, you know, until the last, until, until the restart last year, we were poor. Um, but I'm starting to come around at the minute, you know, is he, is he building something? Is this sort of his second Everton, you know, like he, you can't forget, he did a brilliant job at Everton, you know, he had no budget. He, he was finishing seventh and eighth for consistent years. It's obviously been since then that he's not been able to sort of, you know, have the same level of performance from the teams he's managed. But, you know, again, I'm not quite there yet, but, you know, if we're playing this well and we're getting results, then you can't knock the manager because at the end of the day, he's the one who's, you know, leading it. So fair play to Moisey, the Messiah. Um, and uh, yeah, just again, hopefully we can just keep it going. And um, I think this will certainly take some pressure off the board as well. Um, I'm sure there's obviously still a lot of fans out there and I was in that camp as well. But 
And I'm probably still in that camp, to be fair, um, in terms of the board and how they're running things. But I guess one, when results are going well, it sort of takes your mind off off that a bit. So um, at least hopefully that's going to be positive for the players as well, that they haven't got, you know, that that added to it as well, um, which will hopefully see them, you know, continue where, where we're going. My, uh, my in-laws are, are West Ham fans and uh, my father-in-law were bought into Moyes like, last season. He was, I remember him telling us how, how, how good it, it could, he could actually be for the club this second time round. And uh, as long as as long as you guys are picking up points with him and doing well, like you're making my relationship so much easier. <laughs> good to him. I'm glad it's going well for you in your in your in your little in your life. <laughs> oh, oh, it's, um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, long may it continue. I think. So moving on then to. I guess the big one, or maybe it was the big one many moons ago, a um, bit of a yes. stalemate for the United-Chelsea game. Uh, I'll, I'll hand over to you first, John, for your thoughts. Was that a good result for you? Clean sheet? Happy with that? Or did you want a bit yeah. more from that game? Uh, clean sheet was uh, the main sort of um, the main sort of thing, because um, uh, last time we played them, uh, I think we, we sort of played all right last time and then we lost 4-0, so I think I think this time around it was a it was um it was a conservative sort of game but I think yeah looking at hindsight we should have done um we should have had a penalty for sure but we should have done a little bit more looking back but I think if, if the if the next results we can push on and still keep keep a clean sheet like the commentator said I think it was Hasselbank I think looking back then this will be a good result but for now, it's like a, it's like a what if sort of thing. It's like we did well, but what if? But if the next results are sort of wins, then then it's then it's a good result, especially in the conditions. I think the rain sort of killed killed the sort of um, the pace of the game because just balls were just going everywhere. I think Leon would agree. That's a great result for you, isn't it, Leon? I think we frustrated them more than they frustrated us. Um, yeah, it probably ended up like that towards the end of the game. Um, I think I said to yourself, um, Aaron, on, on the day, um, I certainly mentioned in the group, what I saw from Oli at the moment was unforgivable at the beginning of that game. Um, Chelsea are very happy with the fact that they've got the clean sheet, but that's part of the reason why I, I was so frustrated. Um, we didn't lay a finger on them for the first 30 minutes. And the problem what we had is that um, is the way we set up in, in that game. You know, he changed um, the the shape um, from the PSG game, which I thought, OK, that's fine. I probably would have preferred him just going with the same the same shape, but he, he changed the shape. So what you would think with him changing the shape, going to a flat back four um, would make us more attacking, but we, we were the complete opposite. We, we, were, we didn't know what we were doing. We literally just sat off um, of Chelsea and just gave them the initiative. But what happened, um, um, Frank Lampard obviously remember what happened to him last season. He knew what Oli was trying to do. That's why it was so predictable. He, he just thought, well, well, you can sit off, but we're going to sit off as well. We're not just going to throw him through forward. Frank Lampard didn't want to get beat 4 0 again. You can understand that. Um, so no complaints from Lampard from that point of view. But what I would say is that. At the same time, um, if I was a Chelsea fan, I would be still complaining. You know, um, I keep saying it: the bar has to be um, has to be risen for them. Um, they've spent; they haven't spent a, um, a small amount of money. They've spent a considerable amount of money, um, and for me, there hasn't been any improvement on them. Um, had United beaten them on um, 
on Saturday, we would have gone ahead of them with a game in hand. Um, we can still go ahead of them. Um, and we're having a bad season. So if we can still go ahead of them, we're having a bad season. I'm not sure um, why Fred Lampard isn't under the same sort of scrutiny um, whereas someone like Oli. I know I think we should have won anyway. It should have been a penalty. Yeah, but you know, again... I can't disagree with the fact that it, um, oh, it should have been, been one nil. No, it, it basically it could have been a penalty. Yes, definitely. I mean, the been. thing is, there's all there's all this stuff. You know, um, should have been a penalty and all that stuff. I've seen I've I've seen that before. I know he's got his arm right around his neck, but I've mm-hmm. seen that before. Then you know, again, it's just the whole thing what we're talking about with Bar. But just because it should have been a penalty doesn't mean he's going to score a penalty. You could miss it. Um, you didn't do enough to win the game. I said that. That's what I was saying at the beginning. You know, United were also there for the taking. The way we set up, United were there for the taking, but Chelsea weren't brave enough to try and to take it. In the end, it started to turn around that United became more the aggressor in the game. In a game that virtually all United fans were frustrated with. We were the ones with the better chances. Um, keeper made a couple of good saves, but I mean, I did say on the time, the saves that he made, he should have made them. Rashford didn't come close enough with his shot. He, he basically, you know, he, he almost panicked with it and took it um, took it from too far out of the box. He had, he had plenty of time to go closer. And if he would have gone closer and the keeper saves it, I'd say a great save. The save at the end of the game, um, it's a good save, save, don't get me wrong, but it's not a great save. If, if um, Rashford scores from that... He, then he, he saw it late, though. Him. He saw it late. No, it's not sorry late. He's right. Rashford it went is through picked. bodies. It went through bodies, didn't it? It didn't go through bodies. Rashford has tried to bend it. And as I said, if the keeper doesn't save that, then you, you're making, you know, literally, you'd be like, is this guy even any better than Kepa? That's exact because the keeper should Much say better. that. He just, it's just basically, it's just one of those saves where it's good for the cameras. But it's, it's waist height. He's got, he, he should save that. It's not one of those ones like, oh, how did he save that? He should save that. He's a, goal, he's a Premier League goalkeeper. He should, I would expect any keeper in the Premier League to save that. Um, You know, and you know, again, you know, he got lucky as well. He nearly scored one of the most ridiculous old goals I've ever seen from a player. So, you know, at the end of the day, I just didn't think it was a good spectacle at all. I thought it was a boring game. I thought both managers um, will be happy with their defensive shape, you know what I mean? Because obviously there was all this talk, you know, again, all your money's been spent up front. Um, I didn't see anything from Timo Werner. Um, you know, there was all, I think it was Glenn Johnson would say, that, you know, basically um, Timo Werner can't wait to play against um, Harry Maguire, you know. Um, no, I, I know Harry Maguire. He said it before the game. Exactly he? what his comments were, yeah. He was on Sky saying he can't wait to see him against um, Maguire. Yeah, that was his comments. Um, and he did nothing. Um, same with Kai Havertz as, as well. He did nothing. I think when your best attacking threats was Reese James down the right, um, our centre-backs were probably our best players in the game. Yes, Harry Maguire, you know, it should have been a penalty. I, I'm not going to deny yes, that. It um, but at the same time, you've seen that. I've seen that happen before. It's just literally... It went- did VAR actually watch that back? Yeah, I didn't. Any, How did um, they not do anything? I don't know why they didn't do anything, but it's exactly what I said last week. You know, it's not VAR. It's the people who are basically watching VAR. And we, what we need right now, I think we just need a little bit clarifying of, of what VAR can actually do. And then once we find that out, we can we then just have to accept it. Because as soon as something goes wrong, we all start shouting, oh, VAR, VAR should have done this. No, why was it not a pen? I don't know why it wasn't a pen. I'm not denying that it could have been a pen, but there's no guarantee that the pen would have obviously would have been a goal. It's an opportunity to score a goal, but that's all it is. So to say that you would have, would have won one nil, you can't really say that. You just you should have had the opportunity to win. But then in the game, there was opportunity there. United wasn't playing fantastic football, but neither were Chelsea. And all the Chelsea's money, what they've spent, is on their attack. Yet still, their attack didn't do anything. 
against our defence, which in their previous two home games have conceded six and three. You should have been having a go at them. You didn't do that. So, again, I mean, I'm, for me, if I'm a Chelsea fan, I'm looking at it like that, thinking, well, why have we not had a go at United? At least, had, why have we not gone in there, had a go at them? You know, it's not as if United have been winning. Obviously, we know we beat PSG and we beat Newcastle, but, you know, in the league at Old Trafford, we haven't won one game. We haven't even got a point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I thought it was very negative from both from both managers. But they were both you know, scared of away, Sorry? We're both scared of winning. I think they were more both scared of losing. That's what we're that's what that's what it looked yeah, like. Agreed. It looked like they were more, both um, were afraid to lose the game. Um, so because of that, it kind of killed the spectacle of what it could have been. Like you said, it was a wet, wet, wet weather. So you know, if you're taking shots at keepers and stuff, then yeah. you know they can make mistakes. And this wasn't enough shots in the game. It just wasn't a good game. And do you um, know yeah. what? Do you know what, Liam? When you said about um, they're scared to lose, I, I think that might even come down to managerial inexperience because so, yeah. both of them, you know, Chelsea, I think John summed it up well and you can expect that after the start they've had. They were happy that they got a clean sheet. Obviously, yeah, you want to win every game of football, but they were happy they got a clean sheet. United, you know, coming off of the PSG win, massive win. They, they played so well from what I saw. You know, it was a complete, again a complete change to to how they've been, and you think, okay, we've done that now. We're going to the Chelsea game, and we'd be positive. We we go at them, and we try and you know play some attacking football. All right, we might concede, but we yeah. know Chelsea lead goals. We can that, you know we can tap into that. We can get, yeah, that's what they should have done. Yeah. Ronnie, like you said, he set up defensively. I, mean, I, did, yeah. I did see some. Um, I saw like the sort of second half, and I thought you did have some some decent chances. I thought Cavani looked quite good coming on. You know, he was trying to almost create a goal out of nothing. You know, little flicks and stuff. And, and you know, that's I think that's um, what he can do this year. All right, he's probably not going to play ninety minutes to start every game, but he can come on, and he might be that sort of you know almost like a Solskjaer. You know, he used to come on late, and he used to Super sort of sub. get your goal out of nothing. You know, so but I thought there were some positives to take. But you are right, Leon. You know, you're coming off of a PSG win. You're playing a team in Chelsea who are, you know, conceding goals left, right, and centre. You need to set up to to go at them and get the goals. And like you say, I think they're both just um, you know happy to get a point and, and not lose the game, which, no. like you say, for the fans, makes not the best spectacle. Are, are you gonna Are you gonna set up uh, the same way against Arsenal though? No. That's, this is the whole point. I've got, beat, I mean, the, I, well, I don't know if we'll get beat, but I think the thing is you have to be a bit more reserved against Arsenal. Arsenal are better at the back than you are. Um, mm-hmm. You know they've got a bit, they're a bit more solid, and that's the whole point. So the way we played against Chelsea, you know, if we play, I think we'll play a bit more reserved again against Arsenal. And this is so, the whole so thing. They've just come back off uh, defeat to Leicester as well. Yeah, but they're not yeah. shipping the goals. This is the mm-hmm. whole difference. So I do agree. Um, what Aaron said after the PSG games, what United fans wanted to see, it's not really the result. Look, nil nil against Chelsea is not like the worst result in the world. So I'm not trying to disrespect it in that kind of way. I'm saying it's the way we set up. That's what what really irked me is the way we set up in that game. We should have been going. I don't mean all guns blazing, but we should have attacked a bit more. The way you know the way we played towards the end of the second half. That's how I would have liked to see United start the game. You know what I mean? Obviously, you still got to be a bit tight because it's, it's it's a big game. You know what I mean? You don't just that's why you don't go all guns blazing, but you've definitely got to be more on the front foot. You've got to look like you're trying to win that game. Um, and Oli wasn't trying that at the beginning. He was literally trying to make sure. I look, I get part of it as well because, like what I've just said, we haven't won a game at home. Crystal Palace mm-hmm. ripped us apart in the first game. Um, you know, and so did Spurs. So I I I do get part of it. Um, you know, but you know, 
know, I was just re- I was really disappointed in the end. I just didn't think that he did enough. Um, and I don't think Chelsea did either. I'm not just going to sit here just uh, blaming, uh, you know, because I think Chelsea didn't do enough as well going forward. I, as much as they've um, had a bad um, a bad start, I mean, the record, or if you look at the league, we've had the worst to start, especially at home. They haven't conceded six goals in one game, Chelsea. should have been looking at that, you know. And I think Chelsea's biggest strength is definitely not in their defending. It's in their attack. Um, but, it, you know, he was more reserved. So, I said, I think both managers, I looked at it, Oli was happy with the nil-nil. He wasn't disappointed. He was happy. I mean, he, he basically was happy with the fact that they didn't concede the goal. He was very happy with that. And, you know, he's got that point across. He wanted to win the game, but he was happy with the fact that they didn't, uh, didn't concede the goal. And there are some United fans, funny enough, who were happy with the fact that they haven't conceded the goal as well. I think that we can build on that. Maybe we can, you know. But, yeah, me, myself... It all, it all, uh, it all determines on our next few games whether this result was worth it or not. As I said, that's why I said at the end of the day, it's still Chelsea, you know what I mean? Nil nil. Chelsea have definitely been United's bogey team. In the, since the Premier League era, um, they're the team that we find the hardest to beat. We've always we've always found them hard to beat Chelsea. Um, so you know, it's it's not the worst result in the world, not not by a long shot. But um, I just thought that we, we could have put a bit more on. There were definitely some positives to come out of the game. Um Cavani is one. Um I, I don't think even I don't know if he's even just going to be a superstar. I think he's going to start some games. I think he's got presence up there. Um, it's just all about the service we can get into. He, look, he's shown with his very first touch. If you give him service, he's going to score goals. I'm certain of that. Um, you know, even the um the strike that he had at the beginning, we haven't got anybody else who would try that. I loved it. He, you know, it was just an opportunity got across the and the front post. Um, it's something that a lot of strikers, well, only a natural striker tries that sort of um that that try sort of strike and there was one at the end which I thought was brilliant it was, I think it was Silver who blocked it I liked it from yeah, both yeah. angles actually I liked the fact of him trying to get in there but then on the other side of it I loved the way Silver was not letting him in I thought that was it's brilliant I'm thing. sure they would have been it's a good thing we got him there yeah it's a good thing we got him there because I think I think he knows him very yeah, like, well yeah, he, no, that, he could see that I'm sure they would have a chat about that after the game yeah. look these guys played together they did. For years, so you know I mean obviously you know, they would have had a good chat about that but it was great from both sides and that's, I would have liked to see more of that. You know, one player trying his hardest to score, one obviously trying his hardest uh, obviously to keep it out. I just didn't think we saw sort of enough of it, anything like that. It just wasn't the sort of spectacle that it could have been. It could have still ended up a nil-nil with, with a bit more, obviously, put into the game. It just wasn't a good game in the end at all. And, do, you, yeah. do you think um, uh, the weather sort of amplified the sort of fear that we both had? Because if you have a bad touch in the rain... It's going to bounce off and they're going to be in. So maybe, but you know, yeah. no. These are all players that have played in bad weather. I think that's just more of an excuse. I think it's just. I think fear. it was more. I think it was more the fact of these two managers went into that game um, and they didn't want to lose. You know, the, yeah. the, I don't think a manager goes in there. Well, maybe they do, but they, they, obviously not wanting to win. But they definitely didn't want to lose, and that was it was evident in in the type of game it was. They just didn't want to lose. I think the I think the performances that both teams put out, I think nil nil was justified. Like as I said before, like, I think as a Leeds fan, like I've I've been spoiled with the type of football that we play. And as as I said in the group, like that that game genuinely did put me to sleep. Like, I fell asleep after about 55, 60 minutes. It was just I, I couldn't stay awake. It was not entertaining. It was terrible. I mean, it literally was terrible. Um, and that's and that's that's why I complained. I thought it was it was an opportunity there for us to, um, to put down a bit of a marker for ourselves. Um, and I said, even with the walked away nil nil, and we and we would have you know played a good game. Um, 
I would I would have been more happy. I just didn't like I didn't like the way we started the game. That that's what got me. We started the game and I looked at that and said, what are we doing? You know, um, it's not as if Chelsea were top of the league or something. Um, you know, I, I could have accepted that. You know, he doesn't want to get beat six one, but I think he definitely feared. Um, obviously, Chelsea striker, but in the end, our defenders played well against them. You know, mm. so he should have put a bit more because I said your strikers didn't do anything in the game, and yeah, yeah, you'll see the quotes from the Glenn Johnson and stuff. He was saying he can't wait, and he, you know, yeah, his team over and is loving. He can't wait to play against Harry Maguire because everyone's trying to make out Harry Maguire to be this bad player, which we know he's not. You know, yeah, he's going through a bad time, and he has made mistakes. And I said the penalty is it's just it's just it's just so ironically it, it was him. But you know, you take that away. Um, He's had a great, he had a great game. Both of the centre backs, both teams had good games in the end. They were probably mm. the best players. The centre, yeah, they were. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that um, they were the best players in the game. And probably um, I did like Reese James. I mean, on the name James, I think um, Dan James was um, is becoming a problem for us. I mean, I, I like the guy, um, but you know, I'm just, I just, I just don't know at the moment what it is. But I don't know if it's just the, um, the pressure of wearing the badge because some people just. They find it hard when they play for clubs like obviously these, these big clubs like Man United, and he's struggling at the moment. You know, what's up with Van der Beek? What's wrong with Van him? Van der Beek is not a problem. Um, I feel sorry for him looking up in the stands, just yeah, looking but this, all sad. This, this is this is the thing, you know. The the media will always look. There's this narrative that's been mm. going around for a long time. You know, literally anything United do, like criticize it, um, and you know. What's happening with Van der Beek isn't different to what's happened with many players when they go to a new club. You know, um, Ferran Torres has gone to Man City for virtually similar sort of money of Van der Beek. He hasn't started a Premier League game this season. I know he started last night and scored, but he hasn't started a Premier League game. You know, he's come off the bench. You've like not helped your game. argument there one bit, Leon. <laughs> <laughs> You've not helped your argument there one bit. Well, I, I know we started last night and scored, but... Yeah, but so Van der Beek started in the Champions League. Van der Beek has started a game for us. Van der Beek might start tonight. We haven't played oh, our yeah, game tonight. This is my point I'm trying to say. Obviously, if we would have had this conversation yesterday, he would be in exactly the same position as Van der Beek, not starting and not scoring. Van der Beek has already scored for us as well. He's got a goal and an assist. So, you know, it's not been that bad at all. So what I'm trying to say is that I've seen this many times before. When Fabinho went to Liverpool, he, he literally sat on the bench for the first eight games. You know, people did have wondered what was going on. Um, but my point is, is literally, you know, they don't show Van der Beek after we score a goal. They will show him after we're not winning because that's what the media are trying to feed to you. You know, that he's upset. Of course, he's going to want to get on the pitch. But you have to remember, we're only five games into the season. We're not halfway through the season or even 10 games in the season. He hasn't got on the pitch. And don't get me wrong. I wanted Van der Beek to start against um, Chelsea. I think. What, I, I know this is what, I, again, what was upset with Oli. Oli was trying to sit off and hit on the break. I would have liked him to try something different. Get your footballers on the pitch, which Van der Beek is. You know, I would have had Van der Beek on there in Dan James' position. You've got one matter on there. I understand why he's now playing now, because he played well against Newcastle. You've got Bruno Fernandes. Um, then you've got your two defensive midfielders. I would have started with that. You know, I mean, obviously, it, would, it wouldn't have been as much pace, but I think it would have held the ball a lot more. And I think he's a, he's a quality player. So, I would, me personally, I think he should have. I would have liked him to start in that game, you know. But we don't know what Oli's seen on the training pitch. You know, what I mean, is he struggling? You know, obviously, when say fitness wise, but is he struggling on the training pitch at the moment? I don't. We don't know that. You know, what I mean, maybe he needs to get up to speed. But what I, what I will say is that what's happening with Van der Beek isn't anything we haven't seen with players before. And that's why I mentioned Ferran Torres because I said he hasn't started a Premier League game yet. 
Um, he's only started, the last night was his first start since he's been at City, whereas Van der Beek has started the game forward. Because obviously, as I said, there is a narrative out there right now which pick out everything goes wrong with United. If it's not, if it's not Van der Beek, you know, it's um, it's Harry Maguire, you know, if it's not him, then it's Oli what he's doing. There's always something. So they need a scapegoat. There's always something to keep, to keep picking out at United. So we, we do get that. But at the same time, look, I'm... I do, I, I'm all, I do agree with it in, in, in some sort of way as well because Van der Beek, he should be getting more minutes. For me anyway, I, I think he should be getting more minutes. You know what I mean? From what he's got, he got two minutes against PSG. That's not enough. I would have liked him the one coming off. The, I know, Pogba came off the bench against PSG and played very well. Um, but there's all this talk at the moment. That, I mean, Oli's come out and said, you know, um, maybe he was unfair and starting Pogba at the beginning of the season because he's suffering from coronavirus. But if he's got problems of coming back from coronavirus, how about he sits on the bench and Van der Beek come on? Because he isn't it's suffering telling, from coronavirus. It's That's telling you that uh, 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 Pogba sort of uh, suffering from coronavirus is fitter than a Van der Beek, which is crazy. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. To me, That's it's contradicting himself. So I don't know what, what's gone on there. And, you know, he's, posed, he's starting to pose all sorts of questions about did Oli really want him and all these sort of things. We don't know. We know that Oli's first choice was Jack Grealish. That was certain. So, all this that Oli doesn't, we didn't need Van der Beek. I don't even know why people are saying that. Oli wanted a central midfielder. He wanted Jack Grealish. You know, so that's who he wanted first, but obviously we were priced out of that the minute Aston Villa stayed up. So, and we did need it. You know, we saw it towards the end of last season when we were taking off our better players, the drop-off between the better players and the likes of the Scott Thomas, it just wasn't, it was massive. So, we needed someone like Van der Beek for the squad depth. The only problem, with, obviously, what we've had is that he just hasn't he, does, he hasn't played that much football, but at the same time, there hasn't really been loads of football anyway. I think some of the guys that I've heard speak, like the Patrice Evers, I can't even believe what he's saying. I honestly can't believe, because Patrice Ever had a terrible start to Man United, and it took him about a year before he became a regular in the team. Yet still, he's the guy out there asking why we've got Van der Beek. He needs to remember what happened to his yeah, own yeah. career. His first he's he's become his very first, vocal at the moment. Yeah, he was. His yeah. First, he's, he's, he's like... His first game for Man United was away at Man City. We got beat 4-1. He was getting blamed in that. He literally, it took him about a year. And Vidic, they didn't, st- they came in, in, both of them came in in January. It took them about a year before they became regulars in the team. They were big part players. But yet still, he, he, so he should remember that, you know, but yet still, he's the guy who was coming out at the moment and like asking why we signed Van der Beek. I can see where the Dutch are, um, why they're upset. Look, because like the Dutch, you know, you look at the national team of the Dutch, you know, you take away probably, um, Van Dijk and you know, um, and maybe Delict as well. They haven't really got any any stars at the moment. They've kind of dropped off. And Van der Beek is one of their better players. So when they, when he signed for Man United, they were all, you know, they were all very very very, very um, they're all very happy for him, and, and they wanted to see him succeed because they want they need a they need a new Dutch hero basically. And obviously at the moment it's gone a bit flat for them. He's gone to United. And he hasn't played that many games, so they're all weighing in. You know what I mean? But I, I do feel. Um, that he will get game time. But, you know, where Oli has messed up now is because when, whenever Van der Beek starts, all eyes are going to be on him. And if he doesn't have a fantastic game, you know, then it's going to be, oh, look at him, you know, his confidence is gone, you know. So I, I can see how it's going to it's gonna go from, but I still, Van der, I still think Van der Beek will be fine. I think he's a good player. Um, yeah, Oli just needs to get him in the team. Um, I managed to watch two other games this weekend, so I'll just touch on them first then. So I watched Southampton Everton. Did anyone else watch that? No, um, no, I didn't watch that one. Um, yeah, it was again. It's like another crazy Premier League season. I think Southampton played really well, and they just nullified Everton's attack. You know, Hammers couldn't really get in the game. Calvert Lewin couldn't really 
you know, make a mark on it and, you know, they basically nullified them and they've played some decent football themselves. I've won the game 2 0. So, you know, another, uh, I guess, underdog going into that game. Southampton coming out winners. Um, I also watched the Brighton West Brom game. Um, I think Brighton are in trouble, you know. I think Brighton are in real trouble. Um, I've seen a few of their games this year and they've not played badly. I think they've been unlucky. Like the United game, for one, was they were they're unlucky not to get some points, you know, but they're not getting results. You know, they've just drawn West Brom, who I think are almost a dead cert to go down, to be honest, West Brom. But, you know, but I think all... Brighton have got uh, Spurs next as well, so that's not... Yeah, I, I I worry for them, to be honest. I think, you know, they're, they're playing OK, but like I said, they're just not getting points. And, uh... Getting points in it, yeah. I mean, I think the first game against Chelsea, they should have got something from that. Um, they should have definitely got something against us. Um, they, they lost that. Um, they beat Newcastle, but like you said, they're, other than that, they're just not getting... They're not getting the reward for the game, but you know what? The game, game, obviously level that they're playing at. But you know, you know, uh, if they can keep at it, you know, what I mean, it's it's a, it's a crazy season. If they get something against Spurs, then it could turn around for them. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I I am with you on that one, Aaron. I, I think that um, they, I've looked, they could be in trouble. With them, um, I think Fulham are already gone, so that's one slot gone. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen after. I think there's still I think there's a long way to go. This season could actually still spin back round. Um, so although we're, obviously we, we're looking at teams towards the top and stuff, it's still early, you know. What I mean, Look, Man City, obviously, even United, they're still in the bottom half of the, of, of the table. Um, that's not going to stay like that. So we just got we just got to give it time. I think we're going to need to give it. It's probably about 15 games before you get an idea of what's going on this season. I think it's going to be a bit different to normal. About 15. After that, you'll start getting an idea of where teams, uh, maybe not finished, but where where they're going to be obviously competing for. Yeah, I, I watched that second half of the Brighton West Brom game, and it was all West Brom, uh, and they they really did deserve that that point. I think they probably deserved a little bit more. Obviously, I can't really talk on the first half, but um, yeah, West Brom were absolutely brilliant in that second half that I saw. Yeah, it was it was quite even in the first half. I think Brighton probably edged it, but like you say, second half West Brom. You know, just grew into the game and they fully deserved their goal. I thought it would have been harsh if they'd not got anything out of it. But um, I think overall, maybe a draw was probably the right result. But um, yeah, you know, it's so probably quite a decent point for Billich's side, to be honest. You know, every point's massive. Um, I'll tell you what, though, Dean Garner, God, I don't know if you saw that chance. Throw on goal, ball over the top, and he's literally, it's a difficult one. He's, he's got to bring the ball down, but he brings that down and he's basically 12 yards out, keeper to beat that's it you've got to be burying that and he's so left footed it was almost like slightly on his right side and he's tried to bring it down his left foot he's just completely messed up the touch and as he's brought it down it sort of hit his other leg and he's almost ended up you know he's basically ended up on the byline on the right hand side and all the defenders have got back but you just think if he brings that ball down you know that's, that's a goal but I don't know he's making that move from the championship to the Premier League and a, and a Premier League player you would expect to bring that down and put it away. And he didn't. And it could be those fine margins throughout the season for West Brom. And, you know, the, the, you know, I think we mentioned Fulham. I think they're going to find it really hard to stop, to be honest. But for West Brom, if the, you know, they need to be making those fine margins. And same with Brighton as well as we go on in the season. But, you know, those points are massive. And that, that they could have won that game, to be honest, had he put that away. Um but obviously they've they've come away with a point. Um, with the Fulham game, then I did I didn't watch that one, but another defeat home to Palace, two uh, one. Um, 
I think he'll be the first second. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's a terrible manager either. I just don't think, you know, they, they're not, they haven't got a strong enough squad for the Prem. And when you've got your, you know, your star striker in Mitrovic, and he's, you know, he, he cannot score at the minute. Like, I think it was not the, was it the post game? or the, No, I think it was the last game he played. He had like three or four chances, and I think he had a penalty as well from him brightly. And he just, he just can't score. And you think like, you know, you need someone up front for when you're struggling in the season, you need a, a goal scorer, even someone who can get you 10, 10, 12 goals down at the bottom. And he's there out there. And at the minute he can't score and, you know, they haven't really got too much else going on for him. Yeah. Um, I saw that game a couple of weeks ago. Like I think yeah. uh, the commentators were saying that if on, on his day, when Mitrovic is on form, they're winning that two, three nil. But the thing with them is like if he's not on form, who else do they rely on? And I think there's, I think he's probably finding now that he's made that step back up to the Prem because Fulham are always up and down. That it's probably a bit too much for him this year. Yeah, I think I think he'll, he'll, you know, I think he'll find his feet at some point. He'll probably have a good little run, but at the minute, you know, they they're just dropping, you know, not picking up any points, and you know, you need to be sort of getting off um, right away, really. To, to you know, put yourself in a good position, and otherwise, it's just a massive uphill battle for the rest of the season. So I think Fulham are really, really going to struggle. I can't see him staying up, to be honest. No. Um, and then another uh, big game, I think Arsenal against Leicester. Arsenal losing that one. Um, <laughs> I'd hate to be an Arsenal fan, especially this season as well. I think I read the other day that Arteta. I think Leon, you might have even told me actually, Arteta's got a worse record than than Unai Emery. Um, you're right. Um, look, um, I like like what Arteta's done. I mean, especially obviously, you know, I, I, I keep talking about the fact that Arsenal have been known traditionally as a, as a soft touch, and he's gone in there. You know, he's given them a spine. I think Partey will end up being a good player for them. Um, Gabriel looks good. Um, so you know, I, I see all that. But yeah, I, I found it. Um, it, it, I was I wasn't even looking for this stat at all. It just literally just I saw it online. But you know, um. The only um, stat at the moment that um, Arteta's um, Arsenal team have got better than you know Emery's is conceding goals. Everything else, games won, possession, everything is in favour of Unai Emery. You know, um, at, at the same stage of their careers, and obviously that's not um, that's not that's not some, that's not really good because you've seen how that turned out in the end. Um, and you know, I, I've always said as well, especially Arsenal fans, obviously you know you have the honeymoon period. You know, is that over for Arsenal? Um, I don't know. I don't, obviously, I don't know the answer to that. But you know, you know, yeah, losing that game to um to um to Leicester, I didn't think they would lose the game to be honest, because Leicester lost their first two games. I'm sorry, the two previous games before that as well at home. So for them to go there and win, it didn't. And from what I've heard, it didn't sound like um Arsenal should have won. Um, after speaking to a fan, um, Arsenal fan as well, um, she kind of like said what I'd been thinking, which kind of um, counted what you were saying the other day, Kurt, when you were saying, obviously, uh, starting with Pepe up front and Uber down the middle. And I said to you at the time, I think that's probably their their best formation, even though, obviously, Pepe at the moment hasn't been brilliant. Um, that's, on paper, probably their the best, obviously, attacking Trident. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if um, if we reversed that Old Trafford. Um, so, yeah, I, I, obviously, we'll see how it goes. Obviously, it's still early, but obviously, you know, um, he's, he's lost a couple of games in a row now. Um, if if they drop points any at all against United, obviously then that would be three games without a win. Um, so the pressure will start to crank up because I know that Arsenal fans, especially some of them, um, 
are insisting now that he should definitely make top four. Well, I don't I don't think anybody's guaranteed it at the moment, apart from probably City and Liverpool. Um, they're, they're the teams, I mean, which I would say will, will definitely will make it in there. Everybody else is going to have a big of a fight. Look, we've got Spurs, you know, um, obviously United are going to want to finish there. John, obviously, said, especially the money Chelsea's obviously um, spent, you know, they're going to be looking to definitely finish there. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be a real tight season um, for all teams. But, yeah, it, they've dropped, um, obviously, um, that wasn't that was a big loss um, against um, Leicester, obviously. Um, if they would win that, even if they lose to United afterwards or Joyce, it doesn't look as bad. But, you know, to, to lose that one in the middle, um, uh, that's why I think that one against United, now, obviously, it's going to be a, probably another cagey game again. Um, based on that, but you know we need to win that. We need to win a home game. This is ridiculous. We haven't won any um, home games this season in any competition. So um, yeah, we, we we just have to win that game. You know, I, I think we've got we've got a chance of it. Um, you know, but you know, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game though. Um, obviously, Arsenal are not gonna want to lose after, especially after what's happened to the previous game. Liverpool won again. 2-1 against Sheffield United, and uh, they seem to be snuck back up the table. I think they've. Um, They've done it quite quietly, really, because, I mean, Leeds obviously got a few goals against them. They lost 7-2 to, to Villa. But they're now level on points with Everton. So they've sort of snuck back up the table. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're still getting the results. So, um, yeah, funny you should say that. It's something I've been um, I've been noticing of Liverpool. Um, you know, I keep saying, obviously, they're not so... Um, the traditional big six are not the teams which have all been not been performing brilliantly. I mean, probably take out Spurs from that. Um, but, you know, at the same time, if you're Liverpool, you probably are exactly where you want to be. You know, sometimes not being first um, is is a good place to be because you go under the radar. Um, they're in every single competition that they've entered so far. Um, they're joint top. And, you know, at some point you expect that they're going to get even better because they've still got all their players to come back. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure the Liverpool fans obviously um, they know all this. You know, obviously they've been beaten seven two. They drew with Everton. Um, Leeds obviously you know got three goals against them. So they're just not being the same Liverpool. And you know, again, if you're tra- champions, you know it, it gets harder anyway. That's that's just natural. But at the same time, they're churning out results. Um, they put out a weakened team last night. I mean, from what I heard, they didn't even play well last night, but they still won 2 0. Got another injury again. So that's why I was wondering whether, obviously, um, Antonio was playing on the weekend because he, he might find some joy against them. But um, they're doing really well, Liverpool. Um, you know, um, as, and, you know, as much as everyone's thinking it's not, not great for them, and it's not. Um, like you said, Aaron, they're getting the, they're still getting them the wins. And that's the main thing. That's what it's all about at the end of the day, isn't it? Mm. Winning ugly. Yeah. Um, it just shows obviously they you know. I mean, we we knew they were a good side, but you know, now they're really showing like the squad depth. Um, I think they're the eighteen year old at centre back last night. Um, still no goals conceded. Uh, I think for them, and from when I've spoke to a couple of Liverpool fans, what they say is really important is the goalkeeper. Um, and as long as he's in there, they they, they feel that they, they know um, they've got that security at the back. I mean, they they seem to believe that he's probably more important than Van Dyke. I mean, I, I don't agree, mm-hmm. but obviously I don't watch all the Liverpool games. But I'm just going by from what I've heard from a couple of um, my friends, and they're saying once the goalkeeper is in there, you know, we almost don't need to worry. But the results are backing it up. 
you know what I mean? Clean sheet. Um, so, yeah, doing well. I think it works in their favour as well that there's so much football on offer at the minute because everything's being crammed into a short space of time. I mean, like we was only talking England last week and that's coming round again next month. Um, mm. Like There's Champions League. I think that's going under the radar. Um, there's not really many discussions around like, my circle of mates or, or lads that I, that I keep in touch with in, in regards to Champions League. Like, there's all, all the, the cup competitions thick and fast at the moment. And I, yeah. I think it works in their favour that they're kind of going under the radar at the minute because there's so much so. going on in the football world. Yeah. So the only thing I would say is that teams are creating, you know, a, a lot more chances against Liverpool than they were last season. And that's like statistics back that up. Um, and they have got some big games coming up soon, namely in Manchester City. Um, I think they've got Spurs as well. I'm sure I saw Spurs in there. So they've got some big games coming up. Um, and if they are still giving away chances, then like how they are doing now, um, then the results could end up going the other way. But obviously, we have to see. I mean, as things currently stand, I think they've done really well to, like you said, to go under the radar and be joint top. Um, so, yeah, credit to them for that. Now, I think teams, are, like all the teams at the minute in the Premier League, they're just all playing without fear. So, you know, that's why you're seeing the likes of Liverpool concede the goals and the likes of City where they're not as dominant as they were before. And, I've not, you know, maybe fans not being there is having, I guess, a positive impact on on the teams um, who aren't expected to get results mm. that are getting the results. That's maybe why we're seeing such a, you know, crazy season with all the goals and, you no know, any team either. beating anyone exactly. So um, yeah, just you know, <laughs> I'm really enjoying it for one. So um, yeah, it's it's nice to see different teams, um, you know, doing well. I think and and you know, looking at the table, I know we're only sort of what six, seven games in, but even now you still have you know the the general top six will be sort of up there or roundabouts at this stage and at the minute it's just it's all over the place so uh it's, i think it's some of the, the yeah i think some of the top six that are will be there or thereabouts this is sort of their pre-season so far if you know what i mean because they haven't had one so they're going to be a bit sort of hit and miss but eventually they'll start firing I think so. That's what always happens normally in the season. That's why I was saying, you know, if you give it like, it might take a bit longer than normal. Normally after about, say, 10 games, it all starts to like form into the, what's going to happen normally for the, the season. I think it'll be a bit long. That's why I said about 15 games. Um, you, you I don't think no one would do a, a Leicester then? That could happen. That, that, that could yeah. always happen. But what I mean, as, as, as you're looking at the table, you know, Man City and Man United are both in the bottom half of the, of, of the table. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure where Chelsea are. are, are. I, ninth, I just think after ninth. about... Well, there you go, then, ninth. Yeah. But I think after about 15 games, you'll start seeing these teams pushing more towards the top half of the table, towards the top six. Um, there's always a chance that there's going to be a Leicester. I mean, I, 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 think, I think Everton will do good over the season, even though they'll probably drop it, but I think they will do good. I think Leicester themselves could do another Leicester. Mm. They did beat Arsenal yeah. last year, so you know. But I just think after after about fifteen games, you, you have a bit of an idea of um, gonna where, go. yeah, well, where where teams are going to probably um, start challenging what what part of the table they're going to be challenging. I think at the moment it's just it's still early, and the fact that it's just um, it's just uh, obviously unprecedented times. You know, there's no pre-season, so the first few games. That's what the excuse for United was. And I think City is using the same excuse. The first few games is not really, you know, what they expect them to be in terms of fitness and, and stuff. So, yeah, 
after um, after about 15 games, you'll probably see us swapping around a bit. Um, and you get an idea of where these teams are going to, what part of the table they're going to be challenging. Yeah, and just finishing off then the, the last two games. So Wolves played Newcastle. It was one all, one all there. Um, I think both of those have had a bit of a mixed start to the season. I think Wolves are starting to to come on a little bit now. Um, I'm sort of glad we played them when we did, to be honest. Um, and then Newcastle, obviously, they beat us in the first game, and, but since then they've they've struggled. So, bit of a mixture, I think, for both teams. I mean, it's just quite hard to gauge sort of how they're going to go for the rest of the season. But um, uh, and then moving on to the uh, Tottenham game. So I didn't actually watch that one. I think uh, I spoke to you uh, earlier and, and said I, I actually thought I'd watch the um, the FA Cup tie, which was Bishop Stortford against St. Albans on BT Sport. So uh, actually quite a good game, funnily enough. And um, I'm glad I did because um, there was a few goals there and the underdogs won. Whereas on the Tottenham game, I think it was nil-nil until about 68th minute. One of my Spurs mates, and I have got one or two actually, um, funnily enough, um, one of them texted me and said they didn't have a shot on target until I think Sun scored in the 68th minute. So, um, I, you know, I think, I think, did you say that a couple of you watched the Spurs game? Yeah, I watched oh, yeah. that with my dad, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was searching for, uh, for a TV channel to watch the Roma um, AC game on, which finished free all. Couldn't find it. And ended up settling for for that drab Spurs game, to be honest. Yeah, it was very drab. It was a good goal, though. I thought at the end, obviously, um, it mm. seemed to have a bit of chemistry there between um, Kane and um, Son. I think Son's the best player in the league at the moment. Yeah. And Kane, um, I don't know. Is it Mourinho? Did we credit this to Mourinho now? Because he seems to have brought more to his game. I mean, he's always got involved I, I don't think he's just an out and out number nine but he's definitely I mean he's assist now you know he's, he's really getting involved in there um I don't know if they meant that um because I don't know if you saw it Aaron so literally a corner's coming and you know Kane's knocked it on and some great reaction header in, um, into the net it's a good goal and um, if they meant it then it's brilliant but I wouldn't be surprised because they are two clever players um, it did yeah. look like a training ground situation, though, to yeah, be fair. Like, it, yeah, I mean, yeah. It was yeah. run off the back there to the back post, and it that's didn't just look like a coincidence. Yeah, I think, I, think, I, think that, I think that's definitely something from the training ground. If it is, it's a, it's a really good goal. Uh, but the game itself was um, pretty easy, been nil nil. It wasn't a good game at all. But at the same time, um, how many times have you seen, or John will obviously back me up on that, how many times have you seen Jose have games like that and he comes away with three yeah. points? I love that. I think, they did a, I think they did a stat and he's had the most sort of um, wins against Burnley in his career sort of thing. He hasn't lost against them in, I think, 10 or 11 games. So he, know, he knows how to, to win, but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a pretty win for Tottenham, no, but it was a win. You do need those sort of wins. If you're you gonna, do, like, yeah. You can't play well all the time. You can't so. win 6-1 all the time. <laughs> of course. Um I think we've managed to get that dig in about three episodes now, so we'll see how long, much longer we can keep doing it. <laughs> all right, you know what I mean? I could, I, could, I could mention the number three, but I'll move on from that. Leon, do you think uh, do you think Jose's greatest achievement could be winning the league this season with uh, with Spurs, or do you think he'll still still settle that getting second where you, with where your side was? Close, <laughs> 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 close um, one. You know. If he wins the league with Spurs, that will be definitely his greatest achievement. They've not won nothing in a long time. You know? mm, I, don't, I don't know. I think if he does that, it's a great achievement, yeah. But I, I still like think 50, he can't 51. beat the Porto one. I think the it was like 51 or 61 the last time they won the league. 
Yeah. But the Porto so, win for me, that was, you know, they won the, obviously they won the uh, Portuguese league, which they they do, you know, a lot of the time anyway, them and Benfica. And, um, but yeah, Champions League for a team like yeah. Porto and, you know, those players, no one had really sort of known of, of them that much until, you know, Definitely. and then they obviously, most of them went to Chelsea, Deco. Yeah, it was just, yeah. I don't Carvalho, think. Carvalho as well. Yeah. Yeah. Ferrara, yeah, he, he was he was a good player, wasn't he? Paolo Ferrara, yeah. <laughs> he was alright. <laughs> cool. So um, yeah, I think one. Well, I touched on the the FA Cup game, so we'll um, move on to that now. So there's been a bit of news. Um, I've been going to quite a few sort of non-league games since we can't obviously go to Prem. I thought you know I've been round sort of to to two of my local clubs. I think I've been to five games now, and I've got um tickets for the next three from for one of them um i've been to one fa cup game as well so it's a qualifying round um and you know they are letting fans in there's limited capacity um you socially distanced uh you know you wear a mask inside one-way systems all that stuff and you know for the two clubs that i've been to they're managing it really really well um there's also a track and trace system as well so for the nhs you scan and, and go out but to be honest they don't actually check whether you do it so uh yeah um but yeah, I think it's been it's been really good. Like the the football I've been watching is a lot better quality than I'd anticipated when I first started watching it. Like teams do actually try and play football, and that's why I took an interest in the in the Bishop Stortford game. Um, it was a good game. Um, like I say, the underdogs won. Um, but looking from TV, there was no social distancing at all from what I saw in the stands, which was different to, as I say, what I've experienced. One of the clubs I've been to, they actually took the seats off. So basically, you'd have Two people, like you know, from your household or whoever, the the t- tier two rule. Two people sitting down. The next two seats they took off, and then you'd have two seats. Then the next two would be off. So they actually sort of did it that way. So you know, forcing people that they can't physically sit next to each other. But actually watching that game on TV, there was like no restrictions whatsoever. And um, you know, just after that game, I think there was news um, broke by the FA that. Um, you know that all of the qualifying rounds that, that have had fans and all these lower league teams who obviously thrive on those gate receipts for the first round at least for now um they're not allowing fans in at all which you know it's a bit from on a personal note I'm a bit gated because i would have gone to the next game which is a bit annoying but um yeah i think again for those clubs who are already struggling financially it's almost like another kick in the teeth for them because you know no fans for for an fa cup game and especially those who are like you know just drawn um, you know the teams in the national league, and they're sort of three or four divisions below. That's like a huge game, and they've got no fans there, so it's just a bit. Um, doesn't make sense that you know COVID comes out for the first round, but it doesn't come out for the qualifying. It's just really, really stupid. But uh, just my little moan there. Mm. Well, I think you're right, Aaron. I think they've got they've got to find a way around this. You know, um, I don't know what the way around, but they've got to find a way around it. if they're managing to cope. Um, at non-league level, then and, and you know, and I said to you, we've got to start trying something. You know, you know, how 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 does it um how do we get anywhere if we don't actually start to try? You start in small amounts and you build you build your way up. Um, that's the way I, I um it just seems the most logical thing for myself to do. Um, and like you said, some of these obviously and these clubs now what have made it to the first round, you know, you know they don't know if they're even going to get there again. It's it's, it's, it's a massive injustice. I understand the, the, the reasons, obviously, why you know it's not been done, but you know we've got to start somewhere. If we if we're starting off with um 
of let, allowing people into restaurants, pubs, and all these different, obviously, um, industries where, where we're trying to obviously um, get people back into, then you've got to do the same with, with sports as well. We're not asking for, like, sell-out crowds or anything like that. You know, we, we all understand that, you know, there is still, you know, we're right in the middle of a pandemic and this illness is out there. But, you know, how do we move forward if we don't actually start? When are we going to start? Because just putting it off is not actually, um, I don't see how that's actually helping at all by just putting it off. Um, I think you just got, you know, you said, you know, you, you have to do, it, it obviously involves some sort of social distancing. Um, obviously, you said the, in the game that you saw there wasn't, but, you know, you have to make sure that's enforced. Um, you know, and I think, like, the further they go into um, in TFA Cups, the more the bigger the bigger clubs will get involved. And these clubs will, you know, they all have their own health and safety, and what you call it, um, if I it in, in, um, in the clubs, they will do. So um, I think they will be able to cope. Um, I know you was, um, if, especially in the first obviously conversation, you say how will they cope? I think they will be able to cope. You know, football clubs are businesses like anything else, and they will employ somebody. Like, you know, I mean, no matter how small, who will look after health and safety. So this will just be another branch of health and safety for something for them to obviously to work on. So, so yeah, I think I, I think it's um, I just I don't see the um, I won't say I don't see the point, but I just feel that we, we they need to start looking at this now. Um, and start looking at getting some fans back in there. The clubs are, are needing it for the revenues as well. Um, and these fan, fans want to go and support their clubs. Um, so yeah. I mean, I, I find it shocking that when, the, when there were actual trials going on, there was, uh, I think it was Lincoln United uh, was one of them, or, or Lincoln City. Um, they, they were turning down um, the offer to actually host as a trial because it wasn't financially viable for them, just allowing five or 500 or 1,000 fans into the ground. I mean, if we don't start off small and, and clubs actually actually take that hit initially, like how, how do you expect it to to gain any momentum and, and actually start allowing fans into yeah, exactly. bigger grounds? Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly the point I'm, I'm, I'm making. So they've got to start somewhere. Um, and yeah, as I said, you, you start small um, and then you obviously you build you build from there. You know, you can start obviously recording. Obviously, is there an, an increase? Um, you know, in people obviously catching the virus, and and you just work from there. You know, we we have to start somewhere. So yeah, rather than just keep going, but we do need to start somewhere on this. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I definitely encourage any of you. I know we're we're all sort of focused on the Premier League, but um, if you've got any sort of local teams near you that are in the non-league, it's it's a good day out. Like I'm spending like say ten pounds to get in. Um, I think a burger you're looking at sort of like three and a half quid, pint three and a half quid. So you're almost spending the same, if not, you you know, you are spending the same pretty much as a, a pay-per-view Premier League game, which we're all, you know, none of us are going to, going to, um, you know, pay for. But it's it's a good day out. I think the first game I saw as well it was a seven-nil win, so that's probably what's roped me in, to be honest. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm having good fun. I'm going sort of weekly with my old man at the minute, so uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's it's good to have that, and then obviously on the TV have the Prem as well. Uh, Leon, I know you wanted to speak about um, Barcelona. There's some breaking news, I think, in the last day or two about the um, leadership. Yeah, um, Barcelona is a club that I've been speaking about, um, obviously, before we started doing these chats for a long time. And um, I, I just I look at the club and I just I can't understand, like, the, the, the business model there just doesn't make any sense to me. They, they, they keep buying players. Um, and I, I'm wondering, are they even researching the reason why they're, they're going for players? Are they, are, they, I mean, are they just going for players because they're big names? Um, it just literally makes no sense. Barcelona is, is a club that's um, 
traditionally um, take the players from the youth. They, they, you know, they've had this um, you know, tiki-taki football, which they've been obviously implementing for a number of years uh, throughout the club. Um, and they haven't really drifted away from that, but they've definitely drifted away from just obviously bringing players through for the youth. They, they, they have, they've had one or two. They've even got the new guy right now, right now Ansu Fati. But what they have been doing um, is just um, bringing guys in um, for ridiculous amounts of money, paying them ridiculous amounts of money. And all these players that they bring in, they bring them in when they're in their prime, so there's no selling value at all. Um, and then when they get them in the club, um, playing them out of the position, um, and and if and, it, and if they don't end up being good for them, just then just get rid of them. So I'm, I'll, I'll start naming the names. You know, you've got um, you got you've got Griezmann. They brought him in. Um, now Griezmann started off as a left winger, I believe, when he was at Sociedad. Then obviously went to Atletico, um, and then he became a great attacking attacking well, second striker. He's gone to Barcelona and. They literally stuck him out on the left wing. Everybody in Barcelona right now is all wondering why on earth they bought this guy because there's just no place for him in the team at all. Um, Luis Suarez, he was he was a massive success, I think, for them. But, you know, again, um, brought him in in, in his prime, um, paying him ridiculous amounts of money. Uh, but at the same time, it just seems to be, um, they just got rid of him. I couldn't even believe the way they got rid of this guy. You know, you know, he scored. I think I remember right about just under two hundred goals in the short period of time that he was there. Um, and the way they got rid of him it was if as if he was somebody playing for their B team. Um, he then got Dembele, um, brought him in, and I mean all these players I'm referring to are over hundred million plus. And they brought Dembele in again. Um, no, it's a bit different with him. Dembele's had a lot of um, off-field problems, injuries as well. But at the same time, they've brought him in for a lot of money. He's, he's paid um, massive wages. And, you know, they were trying to loan him out to Man United before the season started. Anything they could do just to get rid of him. Um, and then, you know, you've got your, your last one, um, Philip Coutinho. They've brought him in. He's their record buy. He's already been on loan, um, I think, for two years to buy, buy Munich. They sent him back. I mean, the point I'm just trying to make is I've, I've said at the time before, you know, this can't continue. You can't keep buying players for that amount of money um, and then just getting rid of them before somehow it, you know, the finances just don't add up. Um, and I've been saying, I've been, I believe that Barcelona are on the brink of going into some sort of like financial meltdown. Um, it, 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 and, you know, this is the whole reason why I think Messi even wants to leave out there. He also knows. I mean, I'm not even going to bring in the amount of money that he's being paid. He's a fantastic player. Um, but you know, it's just not sustainable. Even what they're paying him. Um, so, I, so I'm wondering who who is making the decisions at the club. It, it makes no sense to me at all, and and it's part of the reason why he wants to leave because he can see behind the scenes that the things are not right. You know, um, he's also got too much say. Every time a player um, comes to the club, it's always a uh, Messi wants this guy, Messi wants that guy. If if I'm Barcelona, I think I would probably just get rid of Messi. I think they need to just literally just rip up the book and start again because you know um everything is wrong um yes obviously the chairman now he 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 stepped down um but that's purely because obviously he he's been forced out of the club he's also you know um come out and said you know if barcelona don't reduce their wage bill then you know it's not going to be financially good for them and you know it, it's just funny because the reason why i wanted to speak about it is because i was saying this about a year ago that barcelona are on the brink they're on the brink. I've said it to Kurt. I think I've said it to you guys. They're on the brink of, like, you know, 
going in the red, like seriously going into the red because something is something is just not right there. I don't know who's making the decisions, but it makes no sense. You know, when it, when you look at them and you look at Real Madrid or another club who spend a lot of money, but Real Madrid, you know, they're they're very clever. You know, they don't sell, they don't buy a player for hundred million and sell him for six. That is what Barcelona are doing. That does that doesn't make any business sense at all. What Barcelona are doing. Um. Yeah, so I'm, it's just something I, I, I wanted to obviously speak. And I, I think they've also um, they confirmed that they agreed with them um, breaking away from La Liga. They've given the go-ahead to do that. <laughs> so the amount of things that must be happening behind the scenes at Barcelona is literally unreal. So, yeah, I just wanted to obviously mention that because I do mention a lot about, obviously, Man United being my team, how we're being run. But, you know, they're worse. And I find that unbelievable. That, but they are massively worse because they're, they're bringing players in um, no selling value, playing them out of position, um, and then just getting rid of them. And they've been doing it for a long time. They did it to Henri. Henri basically was a striker at Arsenal, a great striker. He started off out of the wing, then he was a striker. Barcelona brought him in and they started playing him out on the wing. He just fizzled out as well. You know, and I think, how long can this continue before it actually catches up with them? Um, and, you know, they've started to change a lot of things from their traditions. I don't know if anyone remembers, but Barcelona was a team that never had a shirt sponsor. Um, but they're, they're, they're breaking away from their traditions and obviously they've now got a shirt sponsor, but, you know... Yeah, weren't they sponsored by uh, UNICEF before? Yeah, but even yeah. before, they had, they had nothing. They had nothing Barcelona yeah. as a team was never... Had, so they're, breaking, they're slowly breaking away from their traditions. Um, and, you know, I think they need to get back to what they were before. Obviously, the shirt sponsor, I understand it, it brings in revenue. So I'm not really saying obviously don't have a shirt sponsor anymore what i'm trying to say is that they've broke away from what the tradition of that club has all been about that's why so much the fans are really you know involved in the club even their, their obviously their motto you know is it is more than a club that's what it's translated into english and they've just literally broke away from it and i i think they're in trouble and i think it's a club to watch out for i think they're in massive trouble um i don't think they'll win the league out there this season i could be wrong i know real madrid obviously um they're hot and cold at the moment, but they still beat them, obviously, 3-1. Um, obviously, um, in the big game last weekend. Yeah, I just think it's a club to watch out for because I've been calling this for a long time. You know, and everything that I'm saying now seems to be unravelling, um, obviously, in, before our eyes. So, yeah, it's just a club to watch out for. I don't know what um, what the future holds for Barcelona. Um, they, they claim to have money, but I, I don't think they've got money. I think they need to sort out the wage, but there's too many players earning ridiculous amounts of money and players that they just don't seem to need it so they, they seem to just be buying players because they're big names and Barcelona I mean I wouldn't say they've never been like that because they have had big names in there but everybody that they bring in there has to fit into their system and at the moment I don't think that I, think, I don't think that's what they've been doing Coutinho is the, that was the reason for Suarez, wasn't it like they just wanted him off the wage bill so there was happy exactly yeah, they have to get him off the wage bill. He was still scoring goals, great goals. He's going to score goals for Athletic goals. But the point I'm saying, why Didn't would he get it... in, his, in his first game? Like that's what I mean. My point is, they've got rid of him, and the way they've got rid of him, considering what he did in that time, I thought it was, I thought it was disgusting. They shouldn't just get rid of him like that. But they just needed to get him out of the club. And Messi just looked at him and thought, well, I want to go. I can't, you know, because there's problems behind the scenes at Barcelona. I think any minute now, it's going to unravel exactly what's going on and that's why Bartomeu's gone for the same reason there's a lot going on and he's just you know I said the reason why I wanted to speak about it is because I called this a long time ago but now it seems to be coming out everything what I, um, what I was thinking about the club 
So yeah, well, that was a this year that Bart the Bartomeu was um, he was accused of fraud and stuff, wasn't he, by the Catalonia police? So that's all yeah. starting to travel in the background as well, which could have it's, had a massive impact on him just up in sticks and leaving. So I think he had until February until there was a vote. Um, I or, think or the elections was there was March. March was the election, so obviously the the elections, and he was never going to win again anyway. No, um, but you know, obviously he was hope, hoping to. What he was saying is, there's no need for me to go. We've got elections in March anyway. We're only talking like <laughs> what five months away, but things are unraveling there big time. And you know, it must be really hard to play your football there. Um, and then you look at the players that they're trying to get in. You know, you get rid of Suarez, then you're trying to bring in Memphis Depay. Um, some other, I think there's some, another Dutch lad I heard from PSV, and I'm thinking, this is Barcelona we're talking about. If you're going to get rid of Luis Suarez, a guy, OK, I know he's coming towards the end of his career, but, you know, he's still scoring goals and good goals, then you think they're going to be trying to... I'd expect them to be looking at Erling Haaland or someone like that, but they're not. They're trying to get cheap players in. Um, so, yeah, the, the future um, at the moment is not bright for them at all. It's, it's massively shocking. It really is. Oh, we'll leave it there, guys. Till next week. All right, man. Have a good one, boys. Take care, man. Cheers, lads. Yeah.